My mother believed and my father believed that if I wanted to be president of the United States, I could be, I could be vice president. This is America. Former Vice President Joe Biden has been elected president of the United States. It is my greatest honor and privilege to have been your president. We will be back in some form. We are still deeply divided. Public health experts warned this was coming unless more was done. And here we are now. Are you proud of what happened here today? Absolutely. Never before in American history has there been an uprising like this. Of the 75 million Americans who voted for Donald Trump, I don't know how many today are feeling, dear God, what was I thinking? But I would wager a lot more are thinking, let's carry on this fight. Character matters. It matters. Tell them the truth matters. The 21st century is going to be the American century. Because we lead not only by the example of our power, but by the power of our example. That is the history of the journey of America. It's the Irishman in America podcast with me, Jarlath Regan and Marion McKeown for the very first time. Yes. Face to face. And we're not in America, we're in Dublin. We're in Dublin. <laughs> we're we in the say. podcast studios yeah. in Dublin. Big shout out to them for helping us arrange this at the very Fabulous. last minute. Our paths cross yep. in person. And Marion, first of all, thanks so much for doing oh, this. It's a pleasure. As always. It's a pleasure. I'm delighted to be here. And this is fancy. You have a high it class taste when it comes to podcast studios. <laughs> it is fancy. But also, I'll be honest with you, this is weird. Like it is extremely strange to have eye contact during this. Because you're not in your pyjamas. <laughs> and I'm not in my yeah. pyjamas either. Okay. <laughs> I, I generally record the show, of course, in a silk robe. Of course. With, with a cigar in one hand. Exactly. Um, I wear a feather, a feather boa. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I just didn't bring it to I just honestly, it's two and a half years since this show began. Bloody we've hell. never met. We've never recorded face to face. And I'll, get, I'll move past this. But it is, it might be a strange episode in that way because I tend to look stuff up while we're sure. recording mm-hmm. and where and usually it's when you say things where I'm going yes yes of course Mary. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm like yeah I know all about that uh, <laughs> but today I'll be caught doing that and we have an awful lot to talk about this week on Irish Man in America of course we need to talk about Kevin Kevin McCarthy we six do. votes and still nobody likes him uh, and then of course in the Patreon edition of our show we will dig in a little bit into Mr. Trump's wealth, his business performance and those tax returns. If you'd like to enjoy that stuff and for the first time, the video elements of this show, come on over to patreon.com forward slash Irishman abroad and start to enjoy it. What is it with Kevin McCarthy that people don't like, Marion? Do you know, I hate to say this and I don't want to go in for a schadenfreude, but he has this is entirely a mess of his own making. And in a way, it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. And I mean that in that he is actually quite a nice guy. And that's his problem. He wants everyone to love him. You've got a situation here which really goes back to 2010, to the Tea Party, to when Kevin McCarthy arrived into Congress with Paul Ryan and Eric Cantor, and they wrote a book to herald their arrival, course, which I yeah. think we've You've spoken about before. This the show, the kind of slick the young guys. guys, yeah. And the three of them are sitting, are standing on the cover like this in these thousand-dollar yeah. suits, and they think they're really hot-looking. Which you know, <laughs> it's in the eye of the beholder. Yeah. Let's just say yeah. silver and, foxes. Well, Kevin McCarthy certainly is silver fox. 
Paul Ryan unnaturally so dark haired I would say oh, okay. yes but and anyway no, no anyway, shame in that no either. shame in yeah. that but and then Eric Cantor who everybody's forgotten about completely but they had they were, they were photographed in front of the National Monument you know the big big tall one and it was shrunk down to make them look bigger so it was <laughs> it was like small cow far away yeah. and the whole idea was that they were these giants who had strode into Washington DC and were going to put everything into water and since then you can almost trace I'm not saying it's entirely due to them but the decline and the chaos and the vitriol and the vindictiveness and the sheer incompetence so what was in this book first of all this book what the hell were they writing this book about and this cover is enough, you yeah. would think, for people to just put it in the trash. Go, oh. yeah. Uh, well, I did flick through it just because someone had to. Someone had to. And uh, it was basically all about how they were going to rewrite the rules of governing, how they were going to introduce this fiscal. They're all like, it was all fiscal hawks, like cut social services, cut entitlements, as they call them, which means basically anything that anybody in Europe would take for granted, like an old age pension, all those things, you know, a medical card when you hit 67, cut all that, get rid of it all and then lower taxes. So the people who are making loads of money, basically, and that's in a nutshell, the Republican sort of mantra, the people who are rich will get richer and the people who are poorer will just fall off a cliff. And that's their problem because this is America. And if you can't tough it, tough look. This Uh, book does well? No. (laughs) <laughs> of course not. <laughs> no chill now. Okay. <laughs> I know I bought one copy. Uh, but you know what it does? It, they didn't even do the Jared Kushner thing where he bought a million <laughs> himself yeah. or rumour has it he bought to get in an attempt to get onto the New York Times bestsellers list, which he did. But with this book, the young guns, no, the young guns didn't. They were they were firing blanks. But it was their say, manifesto. But this was their manifesto. Now, what happened there very quickly was they described themselves it was like a movie you know where so Eric Cantor was the leader Kevin McCarthy was the bra- I beg your pardon nobody called Kevin McCarthy the brain yeah. Paul Ryan was the brain the brains right. and uh, Kevin McCarthy was just like okay what's left the strategist okay well we've seen how good he is at strategy in the, la- in the, in last, the last week weeks, yeah. so Eric Cantor was the first one to be elected House Speaker and he as People now say Eric who because he was supposed to be the brilliant leader, the future president. He was run out of Congress after he served the one term, the two years as speaker. And then he was defeated in a primary by an unknown total political rookie because people just were like going, they kind of drank the Kool-Aid and then they spat it out and went, oh God, you know, this isn't, what were we thinking? So then it was Paul Ryan's turn. He was up. Uh, So in, now it has to be said that if you look, first of all, and I'm jumping all over the place here, as is my want. It's okay, but but we need to get to the bottom of why Kevin is in this position and that's what this is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so this is relative to, it's like, first of all, why would you want the job? Why would anyone want the job of being the Republican leader in Congress at the moment? Because it is, it's not herding cats, it's herding weasels and rats and all kinds of... Who have no interest in governing. No, they, they are, all they want to do is pull the house down. They don't want to even build an alternative house. They just want to pull it all down and they're proud of being disruptors and they call themselves rebels. They're effectively insurrectionists because they are refusing to allow government to govern, to function. Mm. So anyway, Paul Ryan came up next and he basically, he quit in 2018. He just walked away. Now, he was pretty spineless, albeit not as spineless as McCarthy. He had to work with Trump 
from 2016 to 2018 and he basically said after that two years I'm out of here and I think he saw he was the original you know rat off the sinking ship he saw the ship was going down and he was like I'm out so then up comes poor old Kevin Kevin now a little bit of background on Kevin Kevin McCarthy comes from Bakersfield, which is a kind of a poor town in California in the Central Valley. A very unlovely place. The only person who comes from Bakersfield that I am a huge fan of is Merle Haggard. He was born in Bakersfield. But Merle left there a long time ago. So anyway, Kevin McCarthy was born there. Sort of, I think his dad was a fireman, a working class family, respectable working class family. Uh, He went to the local community college, never showed any academic smarts. Now, I know you don't have to be intellectually gifted to be a politician, but you've got to be intellectually curious, I think, at least. And we saw that with Donald Trump as well. Just didn't give a damn. George Bush, just no intellectual curiosity. Came out of the local college, undistinguished, won $5,000 on a lottery ticket and buys a deli. Oh, so, yes, yes. So he be- told us yeah. this before, but becomes keep, keep going. the deli yeah. owner. And, and this he is sort his story, literally his, is his story. the American dream. Yeah. And, you know, the deli was doing fine, thanks. And probably if he'd stayed there, he would now own five delis or ten delis and yeah. he would really be doing fine. But anyway, he decided that he was going to run for Congress and he was going to run as there's a curious breed of Republican that rail against the elitists. Now, Kevin McCarthy has some credibility in that. As I said, he did go to a local community college. He did a master's, I think, online after that in some, or by post or whatever. But he wasn't like the, that, clown in the Senate, Josh Hawley, who went to Yale, but who goes on about the elites, or J.D. Vance, who went to Yale or Harvard or both even, and goes on about the elites. And likewise, Ted Cruz. You know, Kevin McCarthy was a genuine working class guy. But his problem was, I think he came to Congress, don't overanalyze him, with a lot of insecurity because they were all from Harvard. They were all wealthy. They were all powerful business people. They weren't deli owners from the local whatever. And he wanted everyone to like him. And I would see him in Congress going around and he'd always be back slapping and talking to people and you'd see that they would smile at him. It wasn't like Ted Cruz where they'd see him coming and they'd go hard left like <laughs> get me out of here. But they they would, you know, he's a pleasant guy. Like to talk to Kevin McCarthy and I have spoken to him several times. He's a nice guy to talk to. He's amiable. He's not, he doesn't show any arrogance. But as I said, that's his weakness. He wants everyone to like him. Yeah, he's the rich tea yeah. biscuit. Yeah, he really is. That's, that's it. Who has been well and truly dunked. <laughs> that's yeah. <laughs> but, but, uh, but he's not bad. He's just not, he's not, bad. Just not particularly remarkable. But the problem is he's utterly spineless. So when he like he realised that Trump was where he had to hitch the wagon. And instead of doing what Paul Ryan did to say, I cannot stomach this, so I'm going. He said, OK, you know what? I'll do what it takes. I'll do whatever it takes. How do you want me? Is mm. really Kevin McCarthy's and motto. Is, and this is a pattern. And this is a pattern. And so what happens then is you're not loved you're not feared, you're vaguely despised, mm. you know, and even and you though you be pushed around and everyone knew he could be pushed around and pushed around. So the hardliners, as in the Matt Gates, the Lauren Bobarts, all of these people who are in Congress not to govern, not to legislate, not even to advance their own policies. To grind it to a halt. They are there to grind it to a halt, to get on Fox News, to make a name for themselves nationally in the hope that someday they'll have their own radio show. Someday they'll be the next Alex Jones or whatever. And of course, meantime, as we see with Marjorie Taylor Greens, the funding comes in and in and in. So if you have a national profile in America as a firebrand, as a flamethrower, as somebody who will just blow up the whole thing, 
money will come in. People will fund you and go, isn't that great? She's showing even them what for. Even in a cost of living crisis. Yeah, because, you know, we even saw that to a degree with the midterm results where, yeah, the Republicans won the House narrowly. It's what, 222 to 211 or 214, I think it is. And they, they people, everybody said, oh, inflation's going to kill the Democrats. The border's going to kill the Democrats. Joe Biden is going to kill the Democrats. And people then looked at the alternative. And this is what they kind of saw, like this clown car. But a clown car suggests something benign. This is really toxic. Mm. Um, so they see this clown car and they go, you know what? <laughs> we'll stick with the Democrats, kind of. So really, only the main seats Democrats lost were in areas that have been redistricted and gerrymandered and then the few hardline areas because nobody's going to oust Ma- uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene from northeastern Georgia, where she's from. They love her there. I went up there. Well, they actually love her or they really don't like her at all, but it's an 80-20 split. Yeah, you know, but all, yeah. none of these people fear for their position. Oh, no, no. And they didn't fear Donald Trump. They don't fear any party leadership because you wouldn't get the Democrats doing that under Nancy Pelosi. You just wouldn't because Mm. they respect her and they see that there, there is an agenda. There's an agenda. There's things to get done. Whereas with these Republicans, Kevin McCarthy has no ideology. He rewrote some nonsense contract for America last July. I don't think, I think it was even worse than the, the young guns. I don't think anybody read it. Certainly mm. not I mean the Republican Party because he has no ideology. He has no real agenda. He came with the mandate to disrupt and to make the Democrats' lives hell, to own the libs. And that means that he was told, like, if you're a leader, we're going to impeach Joe Biden. We're going to impeach Alexander Mayor. We're going to impeach everybody. We're going to have a Benghazi style investigation into COVID. We're going to get Fauci up here. We're going to put him over Iraq. And so all they want to do for the next two years is basically grind their axes. Yeah. And and go on a sort of a spree of vengeance and vendetta and score settling. And that was what Trump kind of egged them on to do. So now Kevin McCarthy is here and they're kind of thinking, we don't need Kevin McCarthy for this. And they're thinking, Maybe we want Jim Jordan because that is the rumour behind the rumour. Oh, right. Um, Now, Jim Jordan, as we've also spoken about, has an equally distinguished CV. Jim Jordan, champion wrestler, pugnacious little, like, you know, always has the jaw clenched and the bottom teeth jutting out and wiry little guy makes a virtue of never wearing a jacket. I don't know what that's about, but anyway. (laughs) um, And and runs around Congress with his sleeves rolled up and he's always, he's like a little terrier. He's always yapping and and that's the brand. Yeah. That's the brand. And they all think if you want somebody to make the Democrats' lives hell and Biden's life hell, Jim Jordan's your man. Now, Jim Jordan happens to be a lawyer. He went to a law school. I think it was called, was it the Capitol or the something law school? Anyway, there are 197 law schools in America. This is ranked 195th. They pay you to go there. Okay. (laughs) That's where he got his law degree. Now, you know what? This is not me being an elite. This is me saying these people have they don't have the discipline or the cerebral you know what I mean like you can be a really mediocre lawyer and but you can be a brilliant like Churchill mm-hmm. you know apparently was no Einstein but he was a brilliant leader you don't have to be super smart to be a brilliant leader but you have to have courage you know you see Zelensky like he he was on a sitcom you know what mm-hmm. I mean he never you've got to have courage and you've got to have principles and, and, and this is not you know, Kevin's and this is wheelhouse. not his his wheelhouse. Nor is it Jim Jordan's. Jim Jordan is pugnacious and he's got loads of pugnacity, but he just wants a fight. Yeah, just, just very little direction. Yeah, it's spraying like a yeah. like a loose fire hose. I spoke to a Republican congressional official before this, and he said before this all started, it was back in late November, I think, and he said, "This is like handing machine guns to monkeys." 
And he was saying this about Jim Jordan becoming chair of the Judiciary Committee, which is kind of insane because the Judiciary Committee requires a good legal brain. It Mm. requires a good brain as well because it's not just the hearings, it's the scheduling, it's the analysis, it's the policy, it's the working out what's right, what's wrong legally. He just hasn't got it, but he will fight and jump up and down and drag people before him, you know. So I think... It's going to be a nightmare of a two years, whoever is leader, which brings me to the why the hell would anyone want it? Well, this is this you is know? the other thing. So we've made it. It's very clear that these people aren't interested in governing. No. That, you know, they're score settling, axe grinding and disrupt- or disrupting and this like reign of terror and mayhem upon mm-hmm. the Dems. This six votes that we've seen this week they're all the steadlock is over the concessions that they keep asking Kevin to make. He keeps making them and then they keep not electing him. They just want to humiliate him. But then I thought, in the name of God, what kind of a negotiator? Let's say doesn't agree the votes in return for the stuff. I mean, let's say you were taken hostage and it's the equivalent of me saying, "Okay, here's the million dollars now. You know, that's it. Take the million dollars. I'm going to assume you'll do the right thing. Yeah, Yeah. you know, I'm I'm going (laughs) to. And that's it, because there is a thing called a motion to vacate. Now, yes, this is big. Yeah, this means when John Boehner was the Speaker of the House, God love him, and he retired and went and became a cannabis consultant because he was just like worn out by the whole thing. I mean, the Republicans crushed him as well. And he was a decent guy. He was a Republican who had convictions. You know, he was a he was basically a low tax, sort of low everything Republican, but a decent guy. But they wouldn't let him. They just would not let him work with Obama at all. And he liked Obama personally. And I know for a fact that he did say to Obama, my hands are tied. You mm-hmm. know, this is not how I want to. His and name he, has come up a lot this week. It has. Why is that? It's because he was, I think, the last of the old brigade who tried to do the job with integrity. And again, he was run out. Now, Republican speakers, in the last 20 years, the Democrats have had just two. Nancy Pelosi and before her, Tim Foley, who was there for another 20 years previously or whatever. They So... The, the Republicans have had, I don't know, 15, 20. One of them ended up in jail, Jenny Hastert, for the sexual abuse of, of young men who were on, he was a wrestling coach. This is coach. when I'd be Googling this, yeah. as you say. He, he, um, uh, Tom DeLay, who was the whip for them, ended up also being convicted of all kinds of stuff. He was supposed to go to prison, got off the hook at the last minute and said, poor old John Boehner nearly had a nervous breakdown, ran out of town and decided, I'm going to work for a cannabis company. <laughs> you know? yeah. and, much um, better life. Much better life. A lot more money in half the grief and and then there were of course Newt Gingrich got run out of town and he was investigated and all kinds of scandals and all kinds of everything so they don't tend to come to a good end that alone should be a warning yeah you don't want as you say to journalists look at the record look they don't end up like Nancy Pelosi with the big painting up and everybody you know yeah why are they so mean to them though like surely you want this person on site but well, they're they're actively trying to mortify this man yeah. over and over again. And the more he gives, they like they literally got what they wanted and then just made up a bunch of other shit that they'd yeah, like. Exactly. And and this is the motion to vacate. So when John Boehner was speaker, they forced him to accept this thing, which was they said, like, you know what, if we don't like anything you do, we're just going to have this thing called a motion to vacate. One person can do it and basically you're out. So Kevin McCarthy said, no, 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 you're not getting that. You're not getting that. You're not getting that. At the moment, there are 50. It takes 50 Republicans to say, you know what? We've had enough of this speaker. They want five. Yeah, they want five. He gave them five. Last Wednesday night, 
he gave them one. He went down to one, which means any one of them who comes in having had a bad day or who Kevin looks crooked at can say, you know what? <laughs> now, you know what I mean? So it's... And he's, still he's not allowed to. And he gave them that, which was the worst. But he didn't even give them that in exchange for saying, OK, now I'm speaker, damn it. Yeah, he just that. went, OK. So that just shows how how dismal he's going to be at the job because you have to be able to negotiate. And the one thing, and Nancy, you can see the Democrats are just... Loving every minute. It was the next thing I was going to say because it's it's they're sitting there like this and they're just going whoa, knock yourselves out. This is everything they've said. This is and it's now tearing their own party apart. And you know, Republicans have always been much better in opposition than in governance. That's just a fact of life. They're always they're ferocious at opposition because no blow is too low and the Democrats are kind of wimpy and they go oh, don't be so mean but but the Democrats in the last two years in particular their raft of legislation that they have produced is really impressive given all the you know everything else that was going on but it really is they have delivered and I think that's why they they lost by the smallest number since John F. Kennedy mm. you know for a first term president but the, the Republicans tend to just like it's been chaos and it wasn't always like that. But for, since Newt Gingrich with his contract with America and he became speaker and it was all about divide and conquer, divide and conquer. So Kevin McCarthy reminds me of I remember years ago we down the country when I was a child. I was about 10 or 11 and you'd go to the dance. You know, everybody went to the dance. And I remember with my sisters sitting there and I saw this guy. There was a row of women sitting along. And he goes up to the first one, John Dance. Nope. And he goes, okay, goes to the second one, John Dance. Nope. And he literally goes, and that's what Kevin McCarthy reminds me of now. That how much more humiliation can he take before he goes, oh, for God's sake, I'm going home. I'm going home. That's it. And literally, yeah. the last person that he asks if they do say yes yeah, to I, him, but he's he, over a He's barrel. in a situation where yeah. this dance that he's going to do after this is just going to be so fraught and powerless. He is just going to be a puppet. He's fatally injured already, even if he gets it. And there's no guarantee he will. Yes. And this is where Um, we need to go is like, what is the alternative? Like, is Scalise this hero, this shooter hero who suffered the worst? Yeah, he he did suffer. He's been through the mill. And back in 2017, and we spoke about this before, he was shot and almost bled Mm. to death on the baseball pitch. It was horrific by that guy who, you know, was a Bernie Sanders supporter who came out and said that he wanted to basically sort of... Wipe people out. Yeah. And Steve Scalise did suffer horribly from that. But Steve Scalise, before and after that, has been... And you know what? He's got principles. You have to kind of at least respect that. He is a very ideological, cultural conservative, which in this current conflagration is the last thing you need because he'll pour more gas on that fire. He'll pour more gas on the anti-gay, anti-trans, anti-education in schools. Don't say gay. Don't mention race. You know, that, that will be all very much in his wheelhouse. But he's very clear about his beliefs and he doesn't seem to change them to bend with. So the the far right would trust him more than McCarthy in that the irony is the reason they mainly don't trust McCarthy to go back to this is because they've seen how quickly he'll bend. They've seen how he'll bend for them. So they think, well, if he'll, he'll bend for, for us, us, he'll do it yeah. for them as well. You can't. Whereas Scalise is 
part of the leadership institution. He's been there for a good long time. So they're distrustful of him, but at least they know what he stands for. Yeah. And that's why, even though he is a really tough guy and quite an unpleasant guy, to be quite honest, and he would probably make the Democrats' lives very, very difficult and he'll do everything the hardliners want and more. But so I think that's why he might get it. Is that a possibility? What are the, what are the bookies so. saying? Um, I don't know. <laughs> well, 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 surely there must be more chance of the impasse being broken with than another person. Scully's getting no, it. I think at this stage that there might be people even on the in the senior echelons of the House who are Republicans who are saying, look, Kevin, it's over. We can't keep doing this. So I don't know if they're going to come back. Where, um, where does he go after this? Like, he, Well, he's still he's a congressman re- for two but years. You don't even need to be a congress. I understand. Oh, no, From the, Jimmy Kimmel told yeah, me this last Donald night. Donald Trump could come in and do it. Yeah. And I think we, we hey, joked about that a while ago anyone. that anyone, you could come in and do it. Anyone can go in and do it. Oh Once God. you get the 218 votes and there was talk which is ridiculous obviously. Well, that's, I assume it's ridiculous that Trump could nothing, come in. Nothing but surprises nothing, me, Marianne. And I Nothing surprised me, but that's a bit too fanciful that they could bring in somebody. And what I don't get about all of this, this is another piece of the puzzle that you might be able to help with, is Donald Trump has been saying in caps on Truth Social, which nobody looks at, vote for Kevin, take the victory, etc. And yet you wonder, because it means one of two things, either this is wink wink to his gang, Mm. um, because it's all the Trump diehard supporters who are refusing to go with Kevin. And is this a wink wink, nudge nudge? Is it to pave the way for a stalking horse like Jim Jordan? Or does it mean that Trump just has no influence left? Yeah, well, I feel like like he hasn't picked up the phone. Yeah. A tweet so I, like shop window. But yeah. if he rang Matt Gates and said, Listen, Matt, I know yeah. you and I do this yeah. for me. Yeah. You never you know. See, this is where and that Scott Perry, the, who is the, the Pennsylvania guy who will do anything Trump says. Trump says jump, they all say how high. So the fact that they're now going whatever when Trump says it. as I said it means one of two things either Trump's influence really has diminished yeah. or, or there's a game the there's wind. a there's another plan that they're cooking mm. up there wow. and you know we'll see which is which well in the second half of our discussion we are going to get into those tax returns we're also going to look at Marion's preview of 2023 you don't want to miss it it's all over on patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad it is a new year This is how we support and make this show. We would love you to become a member and start enjoying the many, many benefits. I have a huge guest to announce for our series of 10 episodes to mark the 10th anniversary of Irishman Abroad. You want to find out who that guest is? Come on over. Go to patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad. Hear about this deep dive into Trump's tax returns. And one name I want to put to you, Marion, George Santos. Yes. Now, this <laughs> this is a story. Also known as Walter Mitty. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll get into all of that over on Patreon. Come on over and join us. Ready? You have the cameras rolling? This is America. A lot of people who would probably consider themselves liberal have done very well financially under the Donald Trump four years. You encouraged espionage against our people. You condemn any interference by Russia in the American election. By Russia or anybody else. Russia, please, if you can, get us Hillary Clinton's emails. 
Please, Russia, please. To renew America, we must revitalize our democracy.